This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, holiday shopping at work, hazardous smart toys, robots that will hold your parking space for you, and thought-controlled TVs. All this and more coming up. Holiday shopping is in full swing now, and while everybody knows Amazon is number one when it comes to e-commerce, what you might not know is they have a big competitor hot on their heels. Steve Kathan reports. Walmart has moved up among the ranks of the top web retailers. Amazon is tops, but a new analysis by the research firm eMarketer says Walmart's now third, overtaking Apple, with a 40% growth in Internet sales this year. eBay is number two, but its market share has fallen. Amazon now accounts for 48% of all online retail sales. Add it all up, and e-commerce is expected to grow 16% to $525 billion in sales. Steve Kathan, CBS News. While it's super convenient and comfy to shop online from home, it's also really tempting to do it at work, and a lot of employees are doing it. How many? Well, a new report from staffing company Robert Half says two-thirds of all desk-bound employees shop online. So CBS's Vicki Barker talked to spokesman Ryan Sutton about it. Sutton's advice to bosses, don't condemn, do control. So rather than say don't do it, you're better off saying how to do it and what time to do it that is okay to do. While a majority of companies do allow staff to do some online shopping, more than half of employers surveyed say they disapprove of the practice. Vicki Barker, CBS News. When it comes to shopping for toys, parents not only have to be concerned about what's the hottest new toy their kids might want, but also whether or not those toys are going to be safe. And rightly so, because according to Mike Litt, who is the Consumer Campaign Director for the U.S. Public Interest Research Group, there are plenty of hazardous toys out there. But along with the standard kinds of threats we've often heard about, like small parts that could be a choking hazard, there are other not-so-obvious threats, like the ones posed by internet-connected smart toys. The problem with these toys is that along the way, many of them are collecting data on your child, sharing it with others, and potentially violating the privacy of your child. We wondered how parents can possibly know whether or not these kinds of devices are actually safe. So we talked to Alex Hammerstone of the Strongsville-based IT security consulting company, TrustedSec. You go with some of the, the larger companies and they put out products. You can have reasonable assurance they've been reviewed for security. There have been a few times where some of these connected dolls or other connected toys that security researchers have taken them apart and been able to find certain vulnerabilities. So they've been able to you know, take information off them or see that they were communicating with external uh, websites or other things in a way that was not expected. So really one of the things I used to make sure that you're buying from reputable places. Also, you know, it's just a really big change just in our daily lives, the, you know, the things that we allow into our house now. Whether it's a connected refrigerator that might be communicating out, or if you look at Alexa or other home, uh, home assistant type things. You know, those have been, you know, subpoenaed in certain uh, cases where, where the government or the, the prosecutors wanted to get the, the recordings off those, you know, to hear from a murder scene or other things like that. So just keep in mind before you bring something into your house that's always listening, that you've thought about the benefits that you'll get from that device and whether it's kind of worth, worth that risk. 
more and more people are not only recognizing the risks we're all taking with network-connected devices and social media applications like Facebook, they're also starting to call for more government regulations. Apple CEO Tim Cook came out recently saying he believes some government regulation is inevitable. And so does CBS technology consultant Larry Maggot. Tech companies and their lobbyists are gearing up for some type of regulation, and I think the companies are jockeying to try to make sure that the regulation isn't as bad for them as it possibly could be. But there's a lot of pressure when it comes to privacy, transparency, and fair competition. And there's no doubt in my mind that there will be some regulation, at least within the next two years. But a government crackdown is coming sometime soon on robocalls. They're the number one complaint that the FCC gets from consumers. And the federal government is forcing cell phone carriers to take action. CBS's Anna Werner has a report on a new system that one mobile carrier is going to use to block scammers. This is Susan with credit card relief. You qualify for a 75% savings. Experts say by early next year, nearly 50% of all cell phone calls will be scam robocalls calls. I knew the phone number, I could see that it was scam, and I could send it away. At T-Mobile, Vice President Grant Castle showed us his company's latest tool, an app called Name ID that allows users to block specific types of calls, everything from nuisance calls. And I have a business model that literally put $500,000 in my pocket. To political calls, even prison calls. Now, from robocalls to robocars. The first self-driving taxi. I'm Brian Cooley from CNET's Roadshow. No matter how you feel about Uber and Lyft, you'll soon have a new service to either love or hate. Bloomberg reports that Waymo, Google's self-driving division, is just weeks away from launching the first self-driving taxi. It's expected to launch in the Phoenix, Arizona area and under a new brand name that is yet to be announced. But it will be a real service, not just another test. Things I'll be watching for are, can these new cars make the nuanced decisions human drivers do? Or will they follow traffic laws to the letter and likely clog up traffic? Will they have some technology to communicate their intentions to pedestrians and cyclists the way eye contact does? And how many and what sort of customers will actually get in one of these cars when they have no driver, even though a human backup staffer is expected to be there at the launch? The battle between Uber and Lyft is nothing compared to the coming battle between rides driven by a human and those that are not. Know what's next at CNET. Meanwhile, Ford is launching a test program in Miami to deliver groceries using self-driving vehicles. WWJ Radio's Jeff Gilbert explains. Ford's self-driving vehicles will join with Walmart's delivery fleet in Miami. It's a learning experience, says Brian Wolf of Ford's automated vehicle team. Things we're trying to learn are you know, how to get consumers to come to the vehicle. Are there certain products that consumers won't come to the vehicle for? Ford conducted an earlier program with Domino's exploring automated pizza delivery. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News, Detroit. Don't you just hate driving around and around and around inside parking garages trying to find a place to park? Well, there's some new technology on the horizon that can help. 
CBS correspondent Lucy Kraft has the story. Here's how it works. Customers pull up to the parking lot entrance, click enter on their smartphones, and the auto valet takes over, piloting your car to an empty space as you sit behind the wheel. When you're ready to leave, click exit, and your car drives back to you. The system, which increases available parking space by one-fifth, is set for use in 2020. Lucy Kraft, CBS News, Tokyo. And wouldn't you just love it if you could actually reserve a parking spot someplace and have somebody hold it for you? Well, now you can, but it's not a somebody who's going to be holding it for you. It's a something, a robot. CBS's Anne-Marie Green has a report. Forbes reports a startup company's mobile robot will hold your parking space for you at the mall. Miami-based MyPark deploys robot blockers to hold spaces for customers willing to pay for it. The app system costs between $1 and $3 for the first two hours, with additional charges per hour after that. My park is already in five states and Puerto Rico. Now here's something completely different. And you thought you had a smart TV. Samsung is pushing the envelope of television technology in a bid to create a TV that you can control with your mind. The company has joined forces with a team of Swiss researchers to launch Project Pontus. It'll enable users with physical limitations the ability to control their television sets, changing channels, choosing programs, adjusting volume, all with thought alone. Currently, there is a system that uses brain monitoring sensors that are worn like a hat, as well as eye-tracking hardware. What Project Pontus hopes to achieve is a system so advanced, it'll work on brain commands alone. Samsung hopes to have a prototype in testing by early next year. Currently, it's all about helping the severely disabled, and there are no plans to use the technology in a commercially available product, at least not in the near future. And that's for your information. I'm Jim Shenevy, CBS News. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news. And find more online at WAKR.net.